What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you guys. It has been a while since I posted on the podcast. Excited to talk about the upcoming season. And mainly because uh, the, the football season is going to be coming quickly around the corner. The last couple days, I've had the opportunity to watch the NFL draft. Um, It being April, uh, seeing a lot of the spring games now wrapping up, I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to kind of bring everyone back and kind of start talking about football and what it's going to be looking like in the fall. Now, um, there's been a lot of of things that have happened uh, this offseason. There were some uh, Murray State applying to the Missouri Valley, uh, the kind of uh, response by the Missouri Valley uh, was was very interesting. We've had some more conference realignment shakeup uh, and, and, and a bunch of other things that have happened in around the, the world F, of FCS football. And so I want to jump on here. Um, I've been watching the draft. I've been contemplating next year and I'm thinking to myself, hey, instead of just you know thinking in my bed at night or on a run or uh, when I have nothing to do at work or or whatever, uh, and gazing off and thinking, how about I put what I'm thinking into words? So today, we're going to be doing that. Uh, we'll be kind of breaking down some of the teams that we saw some big-time rises uh, last year, and we'll be breaking down some of the teams that I really like uh, for the 2022 season at least preliminary um, liking. I, I've watched a few of the spring games. I've been following it. It's very hard to follow the transfer portal, uh, the, the the commits and, and everything like that. But we're, we're here today. I'm excited. So let's jump into it. Um, I did have a couple of, of messages we can respond to. Uh, I, I did have somebody uh, reach out and say, hey, what have I been up to in my time off of, of the podcast since, you know, uh, around January time. And, you know, I've been enjoying life. I'm loving it. I've been in and around the, the Dixie State football program. It's been fun. Um, and and being able to, to, to watch this, this program grow. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of that. I'm also a, a soccer coach for a team here in, in beautiful sunny St. George. So I have that working, uh, continuing, uh, you know, improving every day, trying to live life to the absolute fullest. So there you go. Thank you for, for messaging us on Twitter and asking. We appreciate all of the love that uh, our, our, the followers have. And, and when you look back at last year, uh, we've been doing we're going on to our third season now first season uh, 2019 and 2020 pandemic didn't really have a season and then we had spring and fall back to back and so this year uh, is really good to get back to a little bit of normality uh, but it still is going to require some very unique adjustments by these teams and of course by the podcast as a whole so uh, as I said in 2019 we have a normal schedule Uh, it was a wonderful season I was able to see a few of the FCS games however I was uh, still a student at Dixie State University in 2019. So uh, I was still on the cross-country team traveling, uh, racing uh, all over the West Coast out here. Uh, I was still able to see, you know, some Weber State games. I did go to the uh, the quarterfinal game against Montana. Absolute 
amazing atmosphere up in Ogden. Uh, and now that, uh, you know, my the university that I'm, a, I'm an alumnus for, from, they are now moved to, into the FCS. It allows me to see more FCS games because I'm just, you know, a, a, a short 10, 15 minute drive to the stadium, uh, to Greater Zion Stadium. So it provides me with that. Uh, we're hoping to hit the road a little bit in the fall uh, and see some games. Uh, I'll be up in, in the Ogden area for sure, going up to Cedar, St. George. Hopefully, maybe we can make one down into Flagstaff uh, and other ones. I know I've had a couple of coaches reach out asking when I when I want to be going. So we'll see. We'll kind of play it by ear uh, and see how the weekends are in the fall. But I'm absolutely ecstatic to be back but as i stated before when you look at it uh 2019 normal season 2020 uh you know fcs football is is pretty much canceled we had some teams play like campbell uh they played i believe four games just right off the top of my head uh they played a few i, I know central arkansas did then they decided to forego the spring uh but the majority of of, of the people played in the spring and the spring kind of turned into this interesting uh nexus of of, of, of events, the teams that were playing well, they continued to play. Uh, teams that didn't play so well, they ended up opting out of the season, uh, like like an Illinois State. Uh, you, you see someone like that, and, and it, so it was really different. There weren't any penalties for opting out, which was unique to that season. We did see, you know, Sam Houston had an amazing 2021 run all the way through uh, the, the championship game, uh, beating uh, South Dakota State. 23 to 21 phenomenal gain uh, game they end up losing to Montana State last year in the FCS playoffs so um, a lot of things happened last uh, the, you know from from fall of 2020 through spring and then we had a, a second season within a few months uh, you know mostly most of the time right now the the, the spring season was wrapping up the uh, and so it, it didn't provide the teams with a ton uh, of, of time and rest and recovery for the for the summer uh, in the summer and then into the fall uh, the fall was a phenomenal season I think we saw the rise of some some really interesting programs it's one of the few things that I really do like about the FCS because uh, it is a bigger bracket uh, it's not just a four team bracket but it's a little bit bigger of a bracket it allows teams uh it allows a team like uiw who really hadn't made much noise in in recent years come out of nowhere and uh, end up beating stephen f austin and, and playing sam houston took him down to the wire too uh, into in the fcs playoffs uh you know we of course we always have our dependals and dependables uh, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, uh, James Madison, those teams like that were, were still present in the playoffs, but the playoffs also allow teams, uh, like I said, like a UIW, like a UT Martin, that maybe not every year are they are they competing in the playoffs, but they'll kind of have these big uh, hockey stick years where they might just be normal, bam, you know, 10-win season, and then they regress back to, to the mean of, of their wins, but, you know, it it provides that opportunity, and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about uh, the FCS. Now, uh, I've already mentioned a couple of them, but we did have a couple of pretty awesome rises, uh, teams that came out of nowhere that were just uh, absolutely phenomenal. And the first one uh, was UIW. Uh, you know, like I said, they had struggled in recent years. They end up, uh, you know, 
taken over. They, they, they win the Southland, uh, even though you know Southeast Louisiana was was really good as well. They end up winning it. They go in. They beat Stephen F. Austin in the first round, and uh, they end up losing to Sam Houston. Uh, they're one of the teams that I that I really liked last year. Them and Mercer, I probably talked about the most on the podcast. Mercer did not, unfortunately, did not make it. I believe it was because they only played 10 games that last season, but they ended up not making the playoffs, even though I really thought they should. I mean, they were a few plays away from that ETSU uh, where, where they could have been could have been dancing. Um, and you know, a few plays, and, and ETSU ends up, you know, winning the, the SoCon. But regardless, I digress. Um, UIW had a great season, and th- they were one of the surprise teams. You look at UT Martin, uh, kind of came out of nowhere. Now, some people might want to make the argument saying UT Martin, you know, uh, Jacksonville State had dominated uh, for quite a while in in the Ohio Valley, and you know, it, it provided an opportunity for a UT Martin to then kind of sneak in. Uh, them and SEMO have been pretty dominant over the last few years, and so it allowed UT Martin to get into the playoffs, and they played strong, uh, you know, that that uh, first round. They, uh, and then they kind of just carried that into uh, the fall, and... Uh, it was it was impressive what they were able to accomplish. Uh, they did beat uh, Northern Iowa in the in the spring. They did beat uh, SIU. Uh, they end up losing to North Dakota in the playoffs, but it was it was a really good season. Uh, and they built on that momentum. Uh, I was actually able to see Missouri State play uh, in St. George last year. A really fun team to watch. Uh, they were very fast, physical. They had some really big size on the defensive side. Uh, they had. A a couple of wide receivers that were just absolutely outstanding. So I'm really interested to see what they do this this upcoming year. And then finally, ETSU. And ETSU, again, out of the SOCON. Here they come. And uh, really a surprising run. Uh, and, and each one of these teams, I, I've only named four. Um, I could throw in a Mercer. Uh, I could talk about other teams that maybe didn't make the playoffs. But these are the four that I'm kind of focusing on. Because they really were surprises into the FCS playoffs uh, for me. Uh, and I did say that I would be talking more of the the MEAC and the SWAC. And we do see you know a Florida A&M didn't make it. They did lose pretty handedly to, to Southeast Louisiana. Uh, and this year, I'm, I'm more committed to, to even though that they usually don't make the playoffs, um, I do want to shed light on them. They did have a really good season, uh, but ended up uh, with disappointment in, in the loss to uh, you know Southeast Louisiana in that game. Uh, and so some of the so these teams when you, each team that I mentioned before has their individual challenges you look at UIW losing their coach losing their quarterback and they're moving to the WAC UT Martin can they replicate the success through the Ohio Valley now Missouri State or sorry Murray State not Missouri State Murray State uh, you know leaving the conference again opens the door up for a UT Martin to dominate uh, the Ohio Valley uh, conference for for years if they want to. Again, Jacksonville State had had a long run there uh, where they were playing really good football. They were they were there. It was almost an, an automatic uh, you know, you just kind of thought that they would be there. Uh, they actually ended up making the 
a national championship game did fall to North Dakota State back in 2015. And so this this is, just, you know, when you get these teams that are now moving to the FBS, it's going to allow teams like a UT Martin to step in. When you look at UT Martin's schedule, it is definitely winnable. Uh, you know, non-conference games, Missouri State and Boise State, uh, and Tennessee and Houston Baptist, and Kennesaw, um, I believe, is still in the A-Sun. So when you look at it, okay, uh, Western Illinois, they, they haven't really made any noise in the last few years. And you, you might want to say that's a win there. They do play Missouri State. They proved that they can beat them um, last year. So, you know, they're going to feel confident in that one. Boise State's a tough game. Uh, you know, going to the blue, I don't, I don't think they win that game. But then you look at you know, Linwood, Tennessee Tech, Murray State, Houston Baptist, Tennessee or Tennessee Tech, Tennessee State, and then Eastern Illinois. This is a team that could really make some noise uh, again, and maybe they cement themselves as the t- one of the top teams. You know, the new uh, face of the the Ohio Valley. Uh, I think UT Martin has has the talent where, you know, UIW may not be able to replicate the success. I think that Coach Simpson and the Skyhawks can. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do in 2022. Now you look at a team like Missouri State, they are definitely up against it this year. The first half of their schedule is absolute blister uh, and and it's just absolutely difficult uh, they're going on the road to Conway to start off UT Martin uh, in Conway Central Arkansas for those who you don't know that that work uh, Conway Arkansas is so Central Arkansas UT Martin Arkansas South Dakota State North Dakota SIU uh, Southern Illinois right and then Northern Iowa that is absolutely a brutal, brutal schedule. Uh, Arkansas, for those of you who, who listen to my FBS part of this podcast, I've been really on Arkansas uh, and 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 everything that they've been able to build over the last few years. Coach Pittman there is, is a phenomenal coach, so I'm excited to watch him, but that is tough going on the road to the Stripes. Uh, then you're playing UT Martin, a team that you had lost to in the FCS uh, you know, playoffs. Then you're at Arkansas, you do get South Dakota State at home. You do get SIU at home. So we really will know what this Missouri State team is all about. Uh, you're looking at it. You're like, okay, I hope I win. You know, four, uh, maybe maybe five. You know, five would be better uh, out of uh, out of these games so that we can be competitive. Because then you're going to get a Western Illinois, a South Dakota who made it last year as well, a Youngstown State, and Indiana State. So you're hoping, you know, if you can survive the first half of the season, kind of weather the storm, you can pick up some road wins um, and some other wins in the season, and that will set you up for you know your bid to the playoffs. But it's not going to be easy for the Bears. They definitely put themselves in that precarious situation absolutely fascinating though they're one of the teams that i'm really excited to watch and then finally the last team that i mentioned that was really surprising to me was etsu etsu kind of uh hit the stride played great uh and then their their coach ends up you know stepping down no longer going to be the coach uh they just hired a guy named george quarless i hope i'm i'm saying your your last name uh correctly coach he's coming over from from Furman. uh he was the associate head coach and I really do, I do like uh, that pickup. Furman in the past has, has really played well in, this, in the SOCON, them, and Wofford. Uh, and in the last couple of years, I haven't seen as much of it. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, a first-year coach, uh, well, first head coach, right, uh, at, 
his first time at the helm uh, in Mars Hill, which I believe is a D2 team. Uh, Robert Morris, which I think you can you can pick up a win. And then you are playing uh, Mississippi State the last game of the season. And then you have your SoCon game. So uh, I definitely a team to keep our eye on. Uh, I'm interested to see whether or not uh, they can repeat the magic of what they had last year and and what they were able to accomplish. Uh, the SoCon is fascinating. I mean, it, we're talking about razor-thin margins this last year between ETSU, uh, Mercer, uh, UT Chattanooga, and then even in the spring, VMI uh, makes their run. Furman played well. And so now that you have an entire offseason, well, how are these teams going to be able to, to kind of reload? Uh, and even Wofford. Last couple of years, they've kind of been down. I uh, haven't talked much about the Terriers, but uh, you know that their culture and, and everything there is set. Uh, can they be able to regain it uh, kind of uh, after the pandemic, right? Can they get back to what they were prior to it? Because I know that they had played, I believe they played Weaver State a few years ago. Um, at Weaver State, if I remember correctly, I might be mis- misstating, but that's a team to watch. And so the SoCon is fascinating, and uh, but of the most fascinating ones, I would say ETSU uh, with the new coach and what they were able to accomplish last year. So I have had a, a multiple people say, well, well, who are some of the teams that you think this next year that you're really going to be focusing on, and and not, and I and I hope I'm not coming off as as biased, uh, but I do watch a lot of football and and. Teams Teams that can get me to the TV and watch, that is what I want to watch. Uh, so to start off, I'm going to say uh, to, to that question, to the few of you that have asked, the entire uh, Big Sky, we kind of have a changing of the guard uh, with Eric Berrier leaving EWU. What is EWU going to look like? They have an absolutely amazing culture. What are they going to look like? Uh, Montana State, Troy Anderson just got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the um, I believe it was in the second round. Uh, phenomenal player. He's been a, a cornerstone of that that program for years. What will Montana State look like? You know, losing their their defensive leader and for a while their offensive leader. Overall, just amazing guy, right? Uh, what does does Sacramento State look like after uh, the last couple of years? Uh, what is it going to look like for for Sacramento State? They end up losing to South Dakota State year before. Uh, I believe they lost to Austin P because they did forego the spring season. What is it going to look like for the Hornets? They obviously are competent. They have a good head coach. They're they're installing a good culture. But what is that going to look like for postseason success? Uh, Weaver State. Uh, you guys know that I've been in and around the Weaver State program my entire life. You know, re- my family, we're really close friends with, with uh, Coach Hill up there. Are they able to rebound? They had a good spring season, but they did not have a very good fall campaign. What is that going to look like? How about UC Davis? Uh, pretty steady Eddie, kind of like Sac State the last few years. They play well. They get, you know, seven, eight, nine wins every season, and they're there. Can that be duplicated in in the in the fall again in 2022 and then you kind of had some of these up and comers and you played well at the end of the season even portland state there for a while uh, had they knocked off a couple of teams they played well um idaho having a pretty good recruiting class uh, they stole the it was the offensive coordinator out of south dakota state uh he's now the head coach can he get some uh some energy and some life into the program in moscow uh 
in Idaho. What are they going to look like? Uh, SUU, brand new coach. Uh, he's, you know, they, they let go of, of their previous coach, Coach Warren, who had taken them to the FCS playoffs, to a Big Sky Championship. What is that going to look like? Uh, and so I'm very interested to see kind of how these things build. The entire Big Sky, and I would say the entire SoCon, are, are ones that I'm going to watch this year very, very closely. Now, a lot of people say the big, you know, the big ones are the CAA, the Missouri Valley, and the Big Sky, but I'm very interested in the Big Sky and the SoCon this year. The Missouri Valley is always fascinating. Uh, you know, what do you do with North Dakota? What is Youngstown State? They, they, they were a dominant force um, just a few years ago, and, and now where have they gone? Where, where are we going to see the Penguins? Are, are they going to be able to come back how about indiana state a few years ago talk of the town they were able to completely flip their program on its head where are they going to go are the sycamores going to be able to compete uh with an siu with a uni uh and these teams that have had you know success in the playoffs very interesting to see but right now uh, the big sky is absolutely fascinating Another team that might not get as much publicity, uh, and, and and mainly because I, I think it's just they didn't have a very they had a good fall campaign, but not so much a good uh, or sorry spring campaign, but not so much a really good fall campaign. And that's the Campbell Camels. Uh, I think their coach is I believe it's Coach Minter, if I remember his name correctly. I'd have to go back and, and look, uh, but absolutely phenomenal coach and i cannot wait to see uh them back on on the field they have i believe they're the second highest on 24 7 sports you can go on and you kind of filter um where the recruiting rankings and they even take into into account uh transfers and stuff like that jackson state sitting at number 72 uh for the 2022 season and uh, I believe Campbell is the second FCS team. Um, yeah, because Sam Houston has now moved FBS. So uh, Campbell keeping the same on the same pace as as a Wyoming, as a Ball State, North Texas, Florida Atlantic, Rice. So they're they're definitely in the mix, and those teams have kind of separated themselves. Uh, Campbell coming in at 106. The next closest FCS team would be Grambling State at 120, uh, and then Central Arkansas at 128. So you can kind of see it now. Now you might say, well, these are just recruiting rankings maybe uh, it's all about fit and, I, and I'm going to thoroughly agree with you uh, but I am interested to see if they can if that can translate into success on the football field uh, they have been active in the transfer portal they have been active in recruiting and I want to see uh, if they will be able to turn what, what they're able to do the fall uh, you know, a couple of years ago, if they can now replicate that again uh, just looking uh at the Big South, I think that they can do it. So a very interesting team to watch. Another team uh, that I that I really, really like to watch this year is going to be the Monmouth, uh, the, the Hawks. Uh, they are now playing in the CAA, the CAA schedule. Uh, they're jumping over from the Big South. So they're playing, you know, teams like New Hampshire, Villanova, Maine, Rhode Island, Delaware. Stony Brook and the CAA. Uh, I know I talk about the Big Sky, but the CAA has been a really big rotating door. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Maine came out here all the way from Orono, Maine, 
to, to play Weber State in, in the playoffs and they beat them and so you know can that where's that program at Rhode Island a few years ago had a, had a tremendous season even last year they were in the mix Towson uh, a few years from I believe they made it to the semifinals I need to go back and look at my notes uh, but in 2013 they made it to the national championship uh, and then of course Delaware has been in and around the playoffs Stony Brook and, and how will Monmouth adjust to this uh, for a long time in the Big South it was really Ken- Kennesaw State versus Monmouth kind of for the title so so now they're kind of um, stepping up where they're going to have to bring it every week you're not going to be put on on uh, you're going to be put on you know, just just chill mode, right? Just relax and, and go out and go through the motions. It will test them. And so they're a team, and I know that I talk about Monmouth quite a bit. Uh, they're, you know, a nice little, uh, nice little uh, school in New Jersey. But they're very fascinating going forward. Uh, they do play uh, Fordham, Georgetown, and Lehigh, which I think they do win their non-conference games. But I'm more focused on the conference game. Uh, Villanova, after losing Daniel Smith, I believe he's now... Uh, graduated or he'll be done I I haven't checked so, so I might miss misspeak on that but he was a, a transfer from Campbell uh, but Villanova and, and Smith the last few years have, have been very good Albany a few years ago was good Maine Rhode Island Towson Delaware Stony Brook all of these really fascinating teams but most is is Monmouth and their transition into it uh and then, of course, uh, the, my final one, and, and those of the, the fans of, of last year, is Mercer. Last year, they kind of get, um, I, I don't know what the, the appropriate word is. They, they, they don't get into the, the championship. Uh, they kind of get stiffed. I guess that's the word. Um, they say they get stiffed, right? The, the, the committee doesn't think that they deserve to be in the playoffs. They would go with Florida A&M instead of Mercer. So now they have a, I believe they have a full slate uh, this year. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. It looks like they have 11 uh, games this year. Uh, and you look at their non-conference. Okay, Moorhead State, definitely a winnable game. Uh, and it's in Macon. And then you get Gardner-Webb, which I did. I do like Gardner-Webb. They're one of uh, my, my favorite teams to watch as well. Uh, brand new uh, field. Got some sweet little... Uh, overhaul of the of the you know the bulldog and their logo and everything, but I think they can definitely beat Morehead State and Gardner Webb. And then again, you're looking at the the SoCon. You know, Citadel has been well, has done well in the past. Wofford, uh, I think they can, they'll beat, you know, teams like Western Carolina, Samford. Uh, but what do we do with BMI? Who's coming back? Uh, what What is, what are the, the key debts going to be looking like? Chattanooga, uh, Mercer played very well against them last year. Uh, ETSU, are they going to be on the same tier? Or is it going to be a little bit of a, uh, a regression because of the new system, a new coaching staff, new uh, players? you got to step up for those senior leaders. So very interested to watch Mercer this next year. Uh, they're one of my favorite teams to follow. Well, they were one of them um, uh, last year, and so I definitely will keep an eye on them. I don't think I missed a Mercer game last year uh, because I was so fascinated with this with this football team. And uh, the coach, I, I thought he was a tremendous coach. He, he was engaging. He was very genuine in, in interviews and stuff like that. And that kind of, I, I gravitate to that. So these are just some of the teams that I'm really excited for. Uh, and finally, to wrap it all up, I know that uh, this podcast is, is going a little bit longer than what I used to, but uh, you know, a lot of things to talk about in the in the postseason, or I guess preseason now postseason is is Murray State. 
They've got another blistering schedule as well. Very excited uh, to see what, what, what they'll do. They do play Texas Tech, Jacksonville State, Ball State, Southeast Louisiana uh, as their non-conference. And, and Austin P is not marked as an OVC game. And Robert Morris as well. So where will the Racers be going? They had a good uh, campaign in the spring. Kind of took a regression back. But I do really like their their football, their, their staff. I do like uh, everything that's been installed there. Uh, they really are just one of the the few teams, and one of the teams that I'll tune into on on just a random Saturday. Uh, Coach Dean Hood, that's that's who I was looking for. Uh, a phenomenal. Uh, coach and what he's been able to do he was at the university of kentucky uh and now instilling that uh you know in the racers program and then obviously uh their move over to the the missouri valley uh football conference so those teams are teams that i'm definitely be going to keep in the pulse on and you want to know something one of the one of the great things about the fcs is that i didn't even see uiw last year coming and they come out and and tear it up uh and so I'm looking at at uh, you know I'm obviously going to miss teams and we'll be we'll be very intently watching uh, teams that are playing good and I'll be sure to, to mention that uh, but I'm very excited for this uh, for this new season now uh, finally I always like to um, talk about my my alma mater and that's Dixie State now for those of you who don't know. It is called Dixie State right now. Uh, they will be changing uh, their name July 1st. So this could quite possibly be the last podcast. I don't know when my next podcast will be, but I referenced Dixie State. Maybe not. Maybe I'll do another one. But uh, Dixie State, I always try to, to leave off as, as, as an alumnus and everything. Um, their schedule, not quite as hard as what it was um, last year, but still an absolutely tough schedule. I love what Coach Peterson is willing to do for the Trailblazers. Uh they play at Sacramento State. Uh, then they're playing Chattern State, a D2 team, which we never played well against, uh, might I add. Um, for I think we'll beat them now that we've made the, the step up to uh, D1, but we never played well or, or good against Chattern State. I remember watching them. We were driving back from... Uh, from Grand Junction, Colorado, where Colorado Mesa University is, and we had a, a cross-country meet, and we were watching them, and, and Shattern State, I, I don't remember them being very good in the RMAC, and Dixie State was kind of making this run, and I believe that we lost to them because we were watching it in the car, and so Shattern State, definitely not a team to take lightly. Dixie State is going to have to play well to, to beat them, um, and then at Weaver State, at SUU, finally getting the Red Rock rivalry we've been all waiting for. Home against Abilene Christian, home against Lamar, at uh, Northern Iowa, at Stephen F. Austin, home against Sam Houston, uh, then at UIW and at BYU. So uh, definitely some interesting games. I'll definitely be traveling. Uh, I really hope I can get up to that September 17th game in uh, Ogden, Utah, and then also September 24th uh, in Cedar City. Definitely make the 45-minute the drive up there. And maybe we'll go up to Provo November 19th. I mean, you never know uh, what, what what's in store and, and everything, but very excited. So, like I said, for those of you who don't know, I'm referencing Dixie State University. Uh, they will be changing their official school name to Utah Tech uh, University and uh, effective July 
first. So uh, they'll be changing their name, but they're still staying in the wax. So uh, definitely a team that I always reference. I get to see a lot of Dixie State games being, you know, an alumnus of the, the athletic department, uh, being in cross country, and then, of course, love Dixie State. Grew up cheering for them. So uh, excited to see what the Trailblazers do this next fall. So that has been, um, this has kind of been just our, our one off-season slash preseason podcast. I don't know what, is it, is it still the off-season or can I now call it preseason? I don't know. But uh, I want to thank everyone uh, over the last, you know, starting under the third year. I never thought we would get the amount of support, the amount of downloads uh, from this podcast. I, I am just absolutely amazed, not only with uh, the fans, but the FCS community. Uh, you guys are phenomenal. I love, I love chatting with you guys, um, and I love doing this podcast and talking about these specific things. Now, uh, once when we get a little bit closer, we have a game. We can. Talk talk about these things a little bit more in depth and things that we see because um, I spend all day Saturday watching watching college football so uh, I'm excited to, to get back to that uh, I believe September 3rd is like the first uh, week one there are some week zero games I believe in August so we'll be uh, you know keeping track of those and then you know reacting to those and then um, we'll still keep the FCS we'll probably go back and do the FCS Tuesdays F- FBS on, on Thursdays like we did in 2019 but maybe we'll keep it maybe we'll just keep it once a week I don't know we had a lot of success a lot of downloads um, just on the FCS podcast and uh, like I said having grown up around FCS schools uh, what better way than to than to talk about them uh, and and so we'll be talking about that hopefully by uh, by you know the third uh, I think North Dakota State's kind of the front runners but we'll kind of see uh, what the community thinks as far as who who's the, the second best team in the in the nation or, or where they're going to rank them. Uh, and then I'll be releasing my rankings, of course, after week, probably after week four is usually I hold off, uh, mainly because, um, you know, and I can rant about it, but, but FCS teams usually play FBS teams, uh, get some payouts. And then once when they play a week or two, as far as FCS teams, then I, I like to rank them. Um, my rankings, I do my rankings a little bit different, but we will get into that when the time is ready. I'm jumping the gun. It is only uh, April 29th, so get a little excited for football season if you can't tell. So uh, for those of you, again, fans, be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, so you can get notified when I post a new podcast. And then uh, once when we get our schedule laid out for the fall, we'll of course be doing one at least once a week, if not a couple times a week, uh, if, if I can uh, if I can get it. So uh, thank you guys so much. I hope you have a wonderful night and we will see you guys hopefully uh, one more time before we start the next season. Until next time, let's keep this ball rolling.